0: This whole section.
1: Oh, it's great. It's You know, it, it's short, it's snappy, but it has everything you want.
0: It, okay, so WV, who we're with this whole time, is my favorite character in all of Homestuck.
1: As you should be. I
0: think. Yeah, like he he's a perfect, perfect gentleman. Uh, so yeah, so this whole section that we're with, we're following the Wayward Vagabond, or WV, uh, from years in the future, but not many. And everything about him is great because he's just a regular, regular guy. You know, he already has arms, so he doesn't even need to worry about fetching them. When he holds things, he just holds them. He doesn't, he doesn't understand what capture logging is. And he like, when he has too many things, he thinks he needs a bag. And it's not just like putting it
1: in his personal inventory. He's just a normal guy. Like he just doesn't have any of this overcomplicated nonsense that all the other kids have to deal with. Despite clearly being like so far the least human character in the show. Yeah, he just comic. has
0: like a, a, he just has like a thick black carapace and like pointy fingers. And is just looks like a shadow kind of, but he has like cool robes on. It's kind of
1: wrapped, wrap, a little bit wrapped up like a mummy, but just a little bit.
0: Just a little bit. He's a wayward vagabond. He looks like a wayward vagabond.
1: Exactly what you'd expect.
0: Yeah. Right off the bat, there's a what pumpkin joke where he says, oh, get the, pick up the pumpkin. And then he says, what pumpkin?
1: Uh, that's what pumpkin is the old web store for merch. I wanted to check. Was that an old, a reference to an older joke, like a problem sleuth joke, or is that the first what pumpkin?
0: That's a really good question. Oh, right now. I just Googled it. What pumpkin is what they've actually called the video game developers who are making
1: hive swap now, which, which makes sense. that that's, that's a whole thing that probably should be an episode in itself.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Now it's just what pumpkin games. Yeah. I don't know. I think, I don't know. I don't know, actually. But yeah, What Pumpkin used to be the website that you'd go to for merch back a million years ago.
1: It's a piece of the branding that has followed Hussey around for quite a while.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's talk about uh, Wayward Vagabond some more. He has a mysterious barcode on his wrist, like a barcode tattoo. Doesn't know what that's about. Doesn't want to think about doesn't it. Doesn't want to talk. Doesn't memory. want to talk about it. But kind of the most important thing that he does in this section is he creates a town out of the cans that he has uh, at his disposal, and then he makes himself the mayor. Which is why from now on, I am going to be calling him the mayor. WV is dead. He's only the mayor. Well,
1: yeah, you know, just like how you call even like. After someone stops being the president, they're still Mr. President. You know, you gotta gotta respect uh, titles.
0: Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So forever and always, he is the mayor. And if anybody's curious how he got that title, he wrapped some old cords around his shoulder like a sash, but it was just old cords. And then he peeled the sticker off of the mayo. Jar and put that on the sash and then just chopped in the R.
1: Yeah, it's good. It's important to notice that there are many, many cans of many different types of things, including canned cheese and canned bread and mustard. There was a whole sequence of him him trying to open up the cans with either his like pointy fingers or his teeth, which clearly, as some sort of like digging herbivore, he was not quite suited to do. But also, it reminded me that one of the my, my many things that Lexi has made fun of me before is my uh, tendency to open up like pop or beer cans with my teeth.
0: I think if we're talking about things they make fun of you for involving your
1: teeth, it's not that they're not. If I can mean, how, how, if I, if I just if I can pop open a can with them, I, they're, they're, they can't be that bad teeth. Reese still has a baby tooth. <laughs> Lots of people still have baby teeth. It's normal.
0: <laughs> it's just it's funny because you have these little tiny little gnashers and i have buck teeth so it's like opposites do attract you know it is true that's a fact that's a fact so when, when i make fun of you for having little baby teeth i'm also quietly acknowledging to myself that i have big ol' big old chompers mm-hmm. so re you are i don't know you're smart you read a lot you read a lot of theory so The mayor kind of outlines his political ideology, and I'm going to read it, and then I'd like you to do a political analysis on
1: it. Do you do that? I think I can do that.
0: Okay. You love the idea of being a mayor. You love everything about mayors and the concept of an orderly civil democracy. It all seems so mannerly and reasonable to you. Everyone is friendly and happy, and the city runs like clockwork. The foundation of the government is based on mutual respect between the leader and its people. It has also built on having a really great mayor that everyone loves who is totally amazing and heroic and brave. Mayors are so much better than kings. You hate kings and you think kings are really stupid. They are petty, bossy tyrants and are really full of themselves and are basically awful in every way. So what do you think?
1: I mean, I would say that like he's a pretty traditional sort of like radical Republican in the sort of like French Revolution sense, you know, like idea of like abolishing the monarchy but that there should be you know what like abolishing the monarchy due to it just being you know an inefficient and bad and just but also that there should be a specific sort of person in charge at all times you know obviously leaning more towards like maybe the potential of like f- complete democracy you know complete uh involvement of, of everybody in the daily workings of government but also you know his sort of elevation of himself of the mayor and by extension himself you know kind of clearly dictates that he has specific ideas about you know the right kind of person who knows the right things who will always be in charge which obviously has been exploited you know one of the biggest issues since you know that idea sort of formed in the uh you know the revolutions of the late 1700s, early 1800s was that the majority of the people who were this like ideal mayor or this ideal political leader tended to be, you know, the people who also, you know, controlled all the businesses, like slave owners, landlords, like, and also a lot of uh, nobles who sort of slid into that position, you know, thinking that nobody would notice. So, um. Yeah, fairly uh, good, un- uncontroversial, maybe could use a few more of those in certain places, people like him in certain places of the world, but nothing too radical for, given what we are used to. Also, one thing to take into account is that he is, discuss- his, it is arguable whether a functioning democracy can happen when there is only one person in the room, and that the fact that he is the mayor because <laughs> there was only one person who could vote, and it was him which you know
0: (laughs) I hadn't even like I had thought about that because obviously he's playing make-believe with inanimate cans but like in my imagination he did hold a full like he did you know get the cans to quote-unquote vote (laughs) but it was just him imagining all of them voting for
1: him makes you think maybe makes you think it's, it's, it's a reflection of reality also, the only joke that I wrote down is mayor is an anti-monarchal revolutionary. When did this get so political? Because we're Canadian and there are definitely, okay, you get the occasional person who gets grumpy when there's still, there's still like arguments about whether or not we should have a uh, monarchal head of state, which in Canada we do in fact have.
0: Yeah, which we don't need and should abolish that.
1: Whoa, just, 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 just laying out your, your biases for everybody. How is, how is anybody going to enjoy a Homestuck po- podcast when they know you have radical bias?
0: Well, nobody enjoys it anyway, so... Um, Fair enough. It's fine. I don't think I'm hurting anything. It's okay. All right. The, see,
1: I, I the Hussey went on to canvas for uh, Bernie in the last election, so... H- Hussey, H- Hussey has, has good politics, so anything that uh, slides in here is, uh, you know, is going to be generally pretty good.
0: Yeah. And, like, as we kind of mentioned, like, everybody we knew that was in on this was, like the coolest, queerest leftist people that we knew. So despite the the occasional slurs, it's like, yeah, no, like we you can kinda tell just based on the following that Homestuck has like, you know, pretty good politics. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Anyways, I need to talk more about the mayor because he's all we have in this in this bit.
1: And it and in life.
0: Yeah. He eats chalk and uranium. So that's fun. Uh, and the, yeah, the colors mysteriously go missing, but we know
1: that he ate it because he eats weird shit. He's a hungry guy.
0: Yeah. He finds a lightning bug encased in amber, which I'm curious. There is a uh, one of the Outlander books is called Dragonfly in Amber. So I'm kind of wondering if maybe see <laughs> so is also in the Outlander fandom.
1: I mean, I figured we would have we would see a little bit more uh, steamy guys in kilts like Somewhere in this comic, which I don't believe happens.
0: Uh well you haven't finished it yet, so Oh am I
1: missing am I missing <laughs> out on a steamy guy in a kilt? Yeah. Oh, well, I'm excited to, to get to that part. You can prove me wrong.
0: That was that was a bit there isn't. I wish there was. I'm just saying it's a bit of a cawinky dink. That both things have dragonflies or what or not it's outlander has a dragonfly this has a lightning bug they're different or torch bug or whatever they're called firefly firefly yeah i'm gonna get a scathing letter from devlin who's a bug freak about
1: i mean we're we're both on the you know west, west like the western coast of canada so as um none of our bugs glow yeah as trevor noah once said if you do not have them you cannot name them
0: yeah that's why they're called zebras, not zebras. We can't call them zebras because we do not have them. Anyways, that was a fun bit. I like that joke. That from that Trevor Noah special mm-hmm. before he sold out. Okay, also, just back to the uh, to the lightning bug or whatever, um it flashes and later on it's going to start conversing with people and it's going and, and you're going to see it in chat logs. Because it's conversing with others. And it's usually just like a one-sided conversation. But just as a heads up, the bug is actually speaking in Morse. So if you want to get the full experience, you should go ahead and just translate that into a Morse translator. Because the bug does talk, actually. Uh, I'm sure he was actually saying something. Or she, I think she's a girl. I think she was talking and saying important stuff here in this one. But I am not proficient enough at like reading Morse to actually have gotten it so sorry uh about that but yeah later on pay attention to that
1: yeah i'm not sure if that if that was developed as a bit yet i'm sure it was like
0: it must be it must be and here's the thing about Hussey's intentionality uh in this very in this very section actually we get like a fair amount of like objective foreshadowing where like no ifs ands or buts about it that is stuff that happens later that doesn't necessarily make sense right now, which I'll kind of get to as we go along when it comes up. But yeah, like I think at this point there is a lot of intentionality in it. So mm-hmm. everything, everything's on purpose. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Lightning bug. OK, so, yeah. The mirror goes on to play a little bit of SimCity with his cans and his chalk. So he like draws roads and like buildings and then he, uh, it gets a little suspicious because he's like, man, I need to create a system of residential and commercial zones and color them in different, put them in different colors. So he creates a chessboard and he makes the residential zones white. And because he already ate the piece of black chalk, but he did have motor oil at his disposal, he used motor oil to color the black squares, which, I mean, he could have just left blank, but whatever. Uh, th- this fine. is so our mess. this
1: is our second sort of motif chalk. Chess motif that we've sort of seen, with these checkers.
0: Yeah. So about that, like he said so- he creates a chessboard, and then later on, he arranges all of his cans uh, with chess piece like symbols on them. So maybe this could be uh, a backwards illusion uh, to maybe the uh, some sort of cosmic chess game that Nana had been telling John about. Perhaps W V was at one point a chess piece in an actual real life one of those cosmic games.
1: Only time will potentially. tell.
0: Potentially. Only time will tell. But they keep, keep an eye out on that. Just little keep an eye. Yeah,
1: keep, keep eye out chess on it. chess might be a thing in this.
0: Yeah. Then he goes he goes on a bit of a he he does a bit of a art art ho phase. And he draws four He starts off by drawing four planets on the wall that each look kind of weird.
1: Kind of like elementally themed. You can kind of tell.
0: Yeah. So just as a heads up, the one on the farthest right that's mostly just gray and black and has gray clouds around it. That one's supposed to look familiar. Like perhaps the one that John is on. Yeah. So keep that in mind. (laughs) And yeah. So there's four. Right now we're dealing with four characters and there's going to be four of pretty much everything for the for the next foreseeable future but yeah so maybe keep 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 your uh remember how they look because they'll come back later and then you go oh crap hey like later like before and then he also draws a yellow and a purple planet that are kind of moons or suns or something either way they're important too but that's a little further away but that there is in this cosmic universe uh, a yellow place and a purple place that are important. And then the, the, per- my... the purple place
1: is he he sort of paints it as like explicitly foreboding. He's not a big fan.
0: Yeah, he doesn't like it. And then the yellow place is like nice mm-hmm. and sunny and bright. And then there's a, ju- a sight gag in here that I'd completely forgot existed. Uh, and that's when he's kind of fiddling around on the computer again. And he hits the tab button to try and figure out a way to do something in this symmetrical room on the right side was the big uh the kind of bunker the locker that all of his cans were in his food cans and then the other one was locked so when he hits tab the other one busts open and it's filled with cans of tab soda <laughs> and it's funny and i forgot that it happened and it caught me by surprise and i laughed really really
1: yes a whole little animation where he's just getting very very excited about tab soda and he drinks a bunch of them. And here's the funny thing:
0: he guzzles a bunch of these sugary cans. And um, I didn't realize this because, again, we're in Canada. We don't have Tab. We didn't have Tab when Tab was still a thing. It's a diet soda. It's <laughs> not
1: sugar. It's it's artificially sweet. I watched this whole like thing about um, Crystal Pepsi and how Coke made a competing clear soda. But they made it like something like clear tab or something with the intention of confusing people into thinking Crystal Pepsi was a diet soda, which was significantly less popular at the time and therefore making it like less popular. That's skeezy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's very, very funny, though.
0: Yeah. That being said, I do have a favorite brand of diet soda, and it does belong to the Coca-Cola
1: company. Um. It's Di- it's Di- uh, diet Coke. Uh, Coke Zero. No, it's Diet Coke i um, I'm trying to think of a funny one. I don't know. Whatever.
0: It's uh, Mr. Pibb Zero. So there's four. So, yeah, we ca- we've seen it before. But the kind of centerpiece of this room that the mayor is in is like a four screened computer with a little keyboard. Uh, And he only has access to one of those screens right now uh, where he can like control it and like type in the commands. Uh, And that's where John is. But then he's able to start switching through the four panels. Uh, Yeah. So he goes to the next one and it's a wizard like how Rose has. And like the ones at Rose's house, and it's spooky. And then he goes to another one, and it's kind of a flash forward uh, because it's not something we had seen yet. And it's got Dave next to a floating sprite, similar to the one that we saw at John's, but it's orange now, uh, and it looks to be like he fir- he did his first prototyping with that, and it's with the crow that he had previously stabbed, like million years ago yeah
1: we don't know much about that oh. yet but you know keep an eye on that
0: that's but yeah that's that's a little bit of a like oh here's what Dave is up to at this point in time where whenever the mayor is checking in also little Cal is ripped to shreds which is um welcome because he sucks and little Cal's the worst um but yeah so this dummy he hits the home button like homestuck. that's pretty funny and then it starts a countdown of four hours and 13 minutes, which, by the way, is the Homestuck number. It shows up all the time, um, in part because Homestuck started on March 13th and started this podcast um, for that reason. So, yeah, just uh, jot that down. Uh, yeah. So he's got his chessboard and he's got all of his guys. It's been uh, he, like the tabs are all pawns and then all the bigger cans are dressed up like kings and queens and whatever. Um, and he spends four hours of that ticking down Doomsday Clock playing chess. (laughs) Just playing a game of chess. I mean, we can all relate. That's
1: that we, who, who amongst us wouldn't do the same?
0: Yeah. And then we briefly go away to see another kind of simple carapace, but this time it's a white, it's just pure white. And she's got like a lighter gray robe and she's wheeling around a cart full of mailboxes and she is the Peregrine Mendicant or PM. And so remember her. She's she's around too. We love her. She's good. We we love her. We stand a pair of We
1: have no choice.
0: <laughs> um. So then we go. So yeah, we sit here for like a page, and then we're back to the mayor, and he's like, he's about to leave his little bunker, and then when he's outside, he realizes the door has like this little like spin uh, like a spinning wheel to like make the door have access to other rooms. So they're in like a a rotating room, but with the ladder to get out of the bunker. So he tries one and he doesn't work. And then he tries another one and it does work. And now he's in a room and just fiddling around with this thing called an apurifier. So he just keeps like he puts down really precise coordinates into a computer. And then whatever is at that coordinate gets apurified into the room. Now, I need to make it very, very clear. This is not a disappearifier.
1: Oh, yeah. That is a
0: whole other... That is a whole separate machine. This cannot make things disappear. That's a whole. That it's doesn't... like it's
1: like expecting a, an ice machine to make fire or a fire machine to make ice. It's just like it's like, why would you? Yeah, why would yeah, you yeah, expect yeah. that? yeah. It's just
0: it's uh, bogus. It's uh, malarkey. It's flimflam. It's nothing. Throw it. Throw throw that idea in the garbage. But yeah, that being said, he does purify a lot of things. Uh, a notable thing is that he tries to get the pumpkin. So when he first gets into the room, a pumpkin appears in the purifier with the coordinates that are already preset into it. It's a nice pumpkin. It's got a little outline of a dog on it. And that's nice. And then he it's this whole thing where he gets the pumpkin. He's like, I want to eat the stuff that's on the inside. But oh, no, I left my knife in the other room. So then he uses the purifier and uses the coordinates of the other room to get all of his stuff and the entirety of Canned Town out of the other room and into this room. Because you can't there's only one door and you can't like. Yeah. So he's in this room, but when he tries to purify the pumpkin that was in the other room, it says that it is a paradox. So it just turns it—you can't purify something that would create a time paradox. So it just kind of some green goo appeared and then it disappeared um, from the purifier machine. And then he held onto his pumpkin and he was eating all of its gunky innards,
1: which is interesting because that's Um, sort of what does that mean? Like a paradox is usually like you know the idea of like if you go to a time. If you were to time travel to a place where you already were, would that create a time paradox? Which is like, you know, he just purified another or he purified another pumpkin that is also in the room. So maybe that has maybe that's something.
0: Yeah, it's I think it's the idea that like the pumpkin that he currently has in the room would not be in the room if he was able to move the previous pumpkin. Hey, is that
1: because... It references, like, you know, some time in the past and, like, paradoxes and stuff. Is this our first overt sort of allusion to time travel in Homestuck? Uh,
0: yeah. Like, I mean, like, our point of view character jumps around from time to time to time. Well, yeah,
1: but I'm just saying, like, is this, like... like, That's not the same. The fact that that he triggered a paradox is, like, an allusion to the fact that, like, time shenanigans will be a mechanic of the story
0: yeah yeah i think this is probably the first time that is
1: established for sure worth keeping an eye on
0: yeah kind of as as this section winds down we continue because we've been having a lot of these like psych outs lately like oh look we're about to start the story with gg never mind sweet psych out now it's something else now it's something else so it looks like you know, he's got all of his things and he's about to go back out the bunker because he wants to leave and he has all of his things and then he tries to go up but then he falls down and then it says psych out and then they did another double psych out because it's like, no, actually he does successfully get out. So the falling down was a fake psych out.
1: Psych yeah. outs upon psych outs it's upon psych
0: outs. Just infinite psych outs. But then he gets on top of the bunker and it shoots like a rocket out of the ground. It's like this perfectly white cylindrical... Rocket with the Esperb logo in green painted on the side. So, like, what's going on there?
1: Yeah, yeah. The the, 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 it's part of this animation called Ascend, and then it, you just don't realize that he happens to ascend all the way up into the sky.
0: Yeah, but then we also see, like, it becomes apparent that he's on Earth because, like, when he's in the other room, he's got like the map of Earth, and then like he goes around in this rocket to all the places where the kids were. Like, like it shows the rocket. It goes all over. It's like, um, it just goes to all the places where the kids were. And it's cool. So
1: what you're saying like, is oh. that it was Earth all along. It was
0: Earth all along. Oh my
1: God, we were wrong.
0: <laughs> yeah. So that's cool. And then the Peregrine Mendicant is also on the same planet. So they're on what is now. Cause like, I don't know. We've already established that the Earth is getting blown to freaking bits by meteors. Uh, because of this whole S Burb thing. So there's craters everywhere. It's a hot deserty wasteland. Like Earth is dead. But for some re- for whatever reason, this rocket and this peregrine mendicant and this Wayward Vagabond are on Earth and they're just like traveling around looking at all these very old important places. Uh and then we also have cutaways to things like Rose's mom opening, like just suddenly opening a downward staircase in the mausoleum that Rose has been in. And then like Dave is fighting off. I think Dave's bro was fighting off imps or something. And then John's dad was in, I think he was in the purple place be, as like a prisoner for, of the imps. So it's like, okay, the guardians are involved and seem to kind of know what is going on here. Mm,
1: yeah, they're part of part of it. They're part of it, and that okay. So, just to kind of also, oh, sorry. Just uh, did you mention the uh, view of Dad in a unusual purple place? That's who was there, right? It was John's dad. Yeah. Yes. 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 Yeah. Okay. Good.
0: Yeah. John's dad. John's dad is a prisoner in the purple place by the Mm Umps. Got it. Okay. So he was. He's been taken. Mm -hmm. But yeah. But yeah, it's clear that the parents at least kind of know what the heck is... Some, some They know something.
1: Well... They're onto something. Well, we kind of get a bit of that in the very last uh, page that we looked at.
0: Yes. Do you want to talk about it? I can talk about it. You can talk about it.
1: Well, we get a... Yeah, we it? get a, a note in the um, giant uh, Colonel Sassiker's book to John from Nana, which is like sort of... You know, oh, we're so, well, like, I'm so proud of you, you're gonna go on this big, you're, this is all part of some big adventure, you're, hopefully your dad will tell you at some point, and we get a couple of allusions to what seem like, you know, so, so certain titles for, uh people that will that will be part of this adventure I don't know do you want to get into the specifics
0: uh no we can I think we can once we actually get there we can say hey remember yeah yeah so there they, she makes mention to a let's see if I can do this off from memory a uh a seer of light a night of breath no never mind I can't do it I lied I can't is do it is it night, night of okay. time yeah that's what it is night of time air of say- breath Air of breath. I want to say sylph of space, but I don't think that's right. Witch of space. Witch of space. Right. Okay. Yes. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. We won't go into it too much right now, but just kind of, like, have those in the back of your mind so that when it does come up, we can go, like, oh, yeah. But basically, it's huge foreshadowing. It all but confirms that, like, Nana knows some stuff. Nana knows lots of stuff. And as a result, John's dad probably does. Mm-hmm. Do. So also PS hoo-hoo
1: hoo. <laughs> um god, nope. Name a better catchphrase you can't. So yeah, that was a short amount of pages, but a lot to talk about.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. And that's we're done act two. We did it! We finished act two. How many how many acts it. are there in total again? Oh beans, like a billion. Okay. Act one, act two, act three, intermission, act four. Uh, act 5, Act 1, Act 5, Act 2, uh, Intermission 2, Act 6, Act 1, Act 6, Act 2, Act 6, Intermission 2, Act 6, Intermission 3, 6, Act 4, Act 6, Act 5, scrolling a little faster now, Act 6, Act 6, Act 1, oh my god, what an idiot. Okay,
1: well, I'm just scrolling like, to the bottom, there are seven acts, and we're, in, we're two down, which means that we're like, you know, we're making good progress. Yeah, there's a lot. There's yeah. Uh, it's fine. It's fine.
0: <laughs> yeah, pay pay no mind to act six act act six act five, which I mean I and I hear the cries of you theater and English nerds being like it should be act and scene right or act scene page or something like that if you like breaking it down. Yeah, I hear your cries. I hear them every night as I close my eyes and try to whisk myself into a peaceful slumber. Yeah, it's stupid and it's wrong and get over it. Like we all did. Sorry. I know it's wrong. I'm sorry. Anyway, we're doing great. It should be act, act five, scene one, not act five, act one. That doesn't make any freaking sense. Well, what's the what's the actor version of act six, act six, act six? Um, number of the beast. Ignore that. It like, I don't know. Act six, scene 5.1 would make more sense from a literary and the- theatrical perspective. Not this.
1: Anything but this. Not like this.
0: <laughs> yeah. Alright. So we did it. Yay, we finished Act Two. This is great. We're picking it up. We might finally meet our fourth character soon. I'm pretty sure we get her final
1: like introduction. Her uh, yeah, no, introduction. she's she's first thing, uh, next uh next page. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then we start get some other unnamed characters popping into the pester logs and it's uh very cool. And that is for later. Oh, I'm so excited. Uh after act three we get our first full like proper intermission. And it's amazing and perfect and I love it. And I can't wait to do it. That's gonna be its whole own episode. Anyways, let's wrap this thing up, shall we? Next week, so we are on current we're currently on page seven hundred and fifty nine. We are reading one hundred pages to eight hundred and fifty nine. That's a lot of pages. Yeah, I think I think it's a fine amount. Um, I think, yeah, I think it's fair. I think it's doable. I am Lexi at pigeon underscore toad at Twitter.
1: And I'm Re at R-H-I-C-R-T-R on Twitter and Instagram.
0: Uh, you can follow our Twitter page at BC for cool things. Did we, ha- we want to put a question out for the audience this week?
1: Is the mayor of Cantown... A dictator, and should Cantown be the government of Cantown be intervened by NATO?
0: <laughs> okay, that'll be fun. Can't wait to get the takes on that. Okay, cool. Uh, thanks to Devlin for doing our editing. You can find them at at D V L I N G L L W Y on Twitter and listen to their music. Is Good Pod wherever podcasts are. And thanks to the Arbuckles for our music. Which you can find on Bandcamp at Spotify. Hey, Re, are you at home? I am.
1: Are you... stuck? I, no, I think I can leave at any point.
0: Okay. Well, let me know. Don't get stuck in your home.
1: I shan't. Okay, bye.
0: <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> I don't-